Hey guys, so this is a unique episode. This is an episode that does not feature me or Draven, because, uh, well, I may have been drunk somewhere when they were off in New Jersey, and Draven was off hoeing. I think the technical term is indisposed. We were both indisposed. Yeah. Johnny stole the recorder and got his producer on. Kidnapped Mandy Muse. Well, didn't kidnap. It was consensual. Consensual kidnapping. It's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Dragged her up to the hotel room with a bottle of Jack Daniels and uh, got the sweet words going. The sweet, sweet words. Lots of talking. So much talking. But not- a whole episode worth of talking, as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. Not quite as wordy as we'd be. but Yeah. So I'm sorry if you guys miss us, but it'll be fun. In the meantime, when you're done listening to this episode and Johnny and Mandy doing whatever they're doing because me and Slayer weren't there and we seriously don't know check out i have a vague idea a vague idea well you are the editor so i would say it's slightly vague but you're usually kind of sauced so hey hey hey. allegedly no no (laughs) i need the creative juices flowing i I have to have a little bit of booze in me to be like oh yeah this is the sound of my own voice for the next fucking five hours. I seriously need to know nothing about your juices. In the meantime, I them. want to know nothing about your juices. In the meantime, why if you, you guys enjoy... The subject, shut the sorry. fuck up! No! Why do you keep changing the subject? Why are you changing the subject off my juices? Because I don't want to fucking talk about your juices. I want to talk about how cool Laughable is. You guys that. can check them out on the App Store if you uh, have an iPhone. If you don't, just Google it because that's clearly like an Android thing is Google. I don't know. It's the first thing that comes up and it is a very cool service where you can find all types of funny podcasts, including ours. You can look up any kind of comedian or public figure that you like and do a search, find whatever podcast that they have been on in the past and check out podcasts you like. And then they will also recommend podcasts that you might like. So very cool. Absolutely awesome way to find new podcasts. It's very cool. Yeah, they're they're actually they're really good. They're better than uh, a lot of other services that will suggest things to you. Laughable is a little more woke, as no, the youngsters say. You look up your favorite comedian, and boom, you find every appearance they've ever done. Yeah, on any podcast doesn't really matter. Like um, pressure, boom, 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 boom. His own podcast, and then like he's the machine. He is the machine. Yeah. So yeah, check out Laughable. If you don't have uh, an iPhone, just check it out on Google, Laughable, and they are the first thing that comes up. So uh, I guess here we go. Go, Jenny, go. We are 288. We are 288. We are 288. podcast in Edison, New Jersey. Exotic has been a blast, but we are wrapping it up. I had to uh, steal Mia Ho away and bring her back to the hotel room to get some recording done because it is too loud and too live up in this place. So we've got a repeat offender. I've got some stolen Jack Daniels. If you all remember, I had Jack Daniels on as a guest with uh, Steve Jabbers back in the day, back in the early episodes of the 288. Uh, and we were gracious enough to get a little shout out to Bosco, Triple X Star PR, for uh, 
bringing in the Jack Daniels and Ryan Riesling for being sweet and supplying the hooch. So good to have Jack back, but I got another guest. Who's with me? Mandy Muse. Hi, Mandy. Welcome. Hey. Thanks for uh, getting out of that uh, craziness a little early on a Sunday to get back here and record some stuff with us. No worries. Oh, so how's Exotica treated you? This is your first Exotica, right? Yeah, it's my first one. Um, I'm really glad I came out, uh, especially to the Edison one. I didn't realize it was going to be so packed and chaotic, but it's really good to meet all my fans, you know, get out there, meet some girls and boys that I haven't met before. It's pretty cool. You got any like serious Exotica crushes happening? Any, you crushing on some people now that you're standing in the presence of pretty much 90% of the porn community? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I think about everyone I met this weekend. Definitely. I got some crushes going on. <laughs> so pretty much she's down to get it in with anybody who was in a booth at Exotica. That's what's up. You know it. First convention. I mean, you picked a humdinger. Um, the Edison, New Jersey convention is always, always, always a good time. Uh, it's always live. Everybody comes to it. It's definitely one of the rooted conventions that Exotica does. I personally, I say it all the time, I miss the Atlantic City one. Atlantic City was just a little more uh, debauchery oriented. We could definitely get a little nastier at the Atlantic City one. When did they stop having that one? Last year? No, I think... Yeah, I think I think two years ago was the last time they did it. And they did it, I, I forget what month they did it, I can't remember. I'll have to ask Draven when she's done at the booth. But um, it was always in, like, the Trump Taj Mahal. Walk through, boozing, smoking, being nasty, everyone's hammered. All you got to do is, like, walk out the convention door and you can get all the booze. And, you know, we at the 288 love our booze. Yeah. Man, too bad they didn't have it this year. That would have been pretty funny. Yeah, but from what I hear, I think they're going to do it in Denver next year. So we have high hopes that the Denver one's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I guess it's going to be a, a high times or a high mile. I mean, one would think. And let's see how this election goes, because essentially California is going to be doing the same thing and have the recreational weed on the, uh, on the vote, on the ballot this year. So if everyone shows up and votes for some recreational weed, then it looks like we're uh, going to have a whole new level of vacation in California. Not that it's really necessary, because anybody can go and get a medical card and get all the weed you want in California. But yeah, no, you definitely... I think that you would have had a really good time at the Atlantic City Exotica. It was always a lot of fun. We always drank more than any other convention. Um... I miss it. I really do. Well, let's try and make this one end something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Unfortunately, it got to take like an Uber, like 15 minutes to go to Rite Aid to get anything. And it's tough out here. Transportation in Edison is so hard because the convention is like a little bit down the street. They put us in the closest hotels that they possibly can. But the truth is, is you're still at least two to three miles from the convention center. Um, the past two nights we've waited 15 minutes plus at, at any time during the day. I've gotten an Uber at four in the afternoon, two in the morning. Uh, we got an Uber from the airport and it's always at least like 15 minutes to get a car just to show up, let alone going to get shit. And it's, it's just, uh, it's a pain in the ass. First couple years, me and, uh, Draven would drive up cause we were East coasting it. 
And it made everything a lot easier. Uh, take Jesse Lee on veggie omelet wrap runs and go to White Castle. White Castle is absolutely an Edison tradition. And I will make sure that I get White Castle before I leave town tonight. That is happening. I don't care what I got to do. I don't care who I got to pay, who I got to <laughs> blow. I'm leaving this town with a bunch of tiny burgers. <laughs> that, is, that is real. So who are you, who are you signing with? Um, I'm signing at the V-Rod booth um, with my Society 15 family. That's right. You and Draven are Society 15 sisters. Shout out Society 15. Yeah. That's what's up. It's always good to have an agent. Yeah, I just signed with them, and they are really great. Very sweet people, actually. That's uh, that's where me and you met. We went to a Society 15 party uh, at Crazy Girls in Hollywood, and that shit was crazy. Uh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I have been to a lot of strip clubs in my day. I definitely consider myself a bit of a strip club connoisseur, and I ain't seen no shit like that except for in Atlanta. Um, it definitely turns into like private party status. I remember it was like five till two and the club closes at two and it looks like everybody just got started. <laughs> I was like, I don't really get what's going on here. And then you hear the DJ come on and is like, if you got less than $500 in your pocket, find your way to the front door. We're turning into uh, after hours VIP only. And I'm like, what is really happening in this strip club right now? <laughs> I mean, you couldn't walk through the place at that point without getting money stuck to your shoe. Yeah, I, I left a little bit early, but um, it took me about like 15 minutes to get out of there. <laughs> I was going to say, you ought to go back there and uh, see about featuring for a night or something. It was definitely a big booty club. And if you aren't familiar with Mandy Muse, listeners, she has one of the most glorious asses that I think is uh, possible to have on a human body. Oh, well, thank you. That shit, that shit is amazing. Takes a lot of food, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of food. What What else is the secret to a great ass? Um, you know, I just kind of like always had a big butt. Um, as early as you know, middle school, I started having the few black guys at my middle school um, started com complimenting my ass and uh, saying stuff about it, and I was kind of, you know, confused because I was like twelve years old and. Um, and I thought they were calling me fat. You know, I wasn't really sure. My thighs started getting thicker. Um, but then I realized that it was a good thing and my butt was, you know, becoming this this thing. And um, This thing. <laughs> this glorious thing. Yeah. And, and then, um, you know, I don't know. I just never really done anything for it. I used to run. I did cross country in high school for a year. Um, maybe that has something a little to do with That's it. That's what's up. Yeah. L little athlete in there. Then uh, I was a cheerleader for about 10 years. Nice. So That's rare. I don't, I don't hear that very much in the porn business. Really? I feel like because I see a lot of flexible girls, you know. I, I, um, I, I always mean, think maybe they're a cheerleader. I mean, most of the ones that I went to high school with, they all got mommed up like straight out of high school. As soon as they get out of high school, I don't know if they didn't tell homeboy to wrap that shit up or if they're just lazy or if that's the direction that they wanted to go in. But... I swear that half the cheerleading squad within three, they were, they were pregnant by the end of the summer after graduation. Like, <laughs> Some team mom shit. Yeah, and, and not to boast about my age, but now at this point, they're all teenagers and it's creepy. Ooh. Or borderline teenagers. Maybe their kids will be doing porn soon. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the future. You can recruit them. Well... This podcast will be released after the election. <laughs> However, I can only say 
nerves going on about Tuesday. Big nerves going on about Prop 60, nerves going on about who the president's going to be in this country. Uh, Are you going to vote? Oh, yeah, totally. Actually, uh, we voted already. We did the early vote since we knew we were going to be out of town. Uh, after this, we're hightailing it down to Baltimore for a couple of days. Um, we did do a shout out if anybody was going to the Gold Club and wanted to see Draven. She will be at the old stomping grounds, the Gentleman's Gold Club on uh, Pulaski in Baltimore. She will be there, I believe, until Saturday. So you can go and catch that broad doing what she do down there with her fine parts and whatnot. Uh, sad that she's not on the episode, but, you know. Also, shout out to Slayer. Sorry Slayer couldn't make this convention. I know everybody is probably already like, yo, who is this cat that I got to listen to on this episode? But suck it, fuckers. You got to deal with it. You got to deal with me. <laughs> Johnny G. Anywho, yeah, the future is unwritten for this country, and it's going to get wild on Tuesday. Not in a good way, I don't think. <laughs> uh, you never know. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But back on a positive note, cheers to butts. Cheers to butts. Cheers to butts. And I've been told I've got a great man ass myself, but <laughs> is there like a rating site? Because I'm not. I need to get it out there. I need to get this butt out there. A butt rating site. Butt rating site for men. <laughs> Ooh, you know I would totally be all over that. That man butt. Man butt is all is like almost like a. Uh, would you consider that like a like a fetishy thing, or do you think most girls are into man butt? I don't really. Oh know. yeah, I feel like growing up that was like a thing, you know, like. Boys got a cute um, butt. Yeah, you know, like men have cute butts. Um, boys have cute butts. I know my mom would always say it, so like that was a very casual thing for me. So that, I think that's a pretty pretty popular fetish. Is it fetish or is it just generally liked? Is it like... Yeah, maybe generally liked. Fuck yeah, I'm with it. It's got to be that know. Irish. I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know what it is. Something something gave me a butt. I think it's Thanks, the Irish. Thanks, Ma. <laughs> Appreciate you. So... I know you saw my my uh, Irishness. It's kind of ambiguous and blatant. So, from what I hear, what's your what's your nationality? Because you're you're a little something different. I I don't quite know where you're at. Um, I'm half Irish too, and half Latin. Like what kind of Latin? Uh, Mexican. That's dope. I think I don't know my my dad. You know I don't talk to him, but I think it's I think it's uh, Mexican Latin. That's a sick combo. Yeah, so, tequila or whiskey? Oh, tequila. Oh, well then. <laughs> I'm a You can type leave of now. Just kidding. <laughs> but I'm down for the whiskey too, you know? Just kidding. Um, no, I mean, I used to really be repulsed by tequila. Uh, it was definitely my least favorite liquor. I don't know what it was about it. I can drink whiskey until the sun comes up and you would never even know that I was drinking. But with tequila, it just always it hit me in like such a weird way. Like I remember one time... I had a friend who picked up a bottle of Patron. Uh, we were about to graduate culinary school. Mm -hmm. And she brought in this bottle of Patron. And I did four shots in probably about 15 minutes. I wasn't even drunk. But for whatever reason, I threw up anyway. Hmm. Um, and I still wasn't drunk afterwards. And it always puzzled me. I didn't really understand. And I just assumed that it was my Irishness uh, being repulsed by agave spirits being ingested at a rapid rate. I was like, this isn't whiskey. Get this shit out of here. What were you drinking it with? Just straight. I mean, I... No I'm, lime? I, I like... Uh, me and Slayer are kind of in agreement on this. We like our, our whiskey up front. Okay, Maybe nice. on the like rocks. I like being old-fashioned. <laughs> Not too much of a Manhattan guy. <laughs> I don't really like vermouth. 
but whiskey and water, whiskey on the rocks, old fashions. That's kind of the way that I go. Now that uh, now that I work at a uh, New Orleans bar, Sazeracs happen to me all the time, which are also nice. Wow. You ever had a Sazerac? No, I have no idea what it well, is. Well, let me tell you. So a Sazerac <laughs> is um, noted as one of the oldest uh, cocktails in American history. Oh, wow. It's indigenous to New Orleans. Um, and now Sazerac is actually, uh, I believe, they're not a distiller, but I think that they're like a bottle carrying company. Like they buy out other liquor brands and they've got quite a few under their belt. Um one of them being uh, Pernod Absinthe. Um, I have no idea what these are, but it sounds great. <laughs> well, you know what Absinthe is, right? No, I don't. Absinthe? No. Like that? Did you ever see Eurotrip? No. <laughs> Never saw Eurotrip? You have to inform me. Damn. Well, I have a copy that when we get back to L.A., I will definitely send that your way. Uh, okay. But um, historically, Absinthe um, allegedly made people hallucinate. Oh, okay. So uh, tell me lot. more. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple people, a couple different people made it. Uh, usually, it's sometimes it's green in color. Uh, from what I understand, a lot of the American ones are a joke, and I haven't spent any time in Europe. So actually, Slayer would probably be a better authority on this than me uh, when I get a chance to talk to that guy for not coming to New Jersey with us. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> allegedly, it. It can make people hallucinate, I guess, if you have real absinthe. But uh, Pernod, um, they have, I guess, one of the most popular absinths in America. And it's really, really aromatic. It's really fragrant. Actually, when you make a Sazerac, you just kind of rinse the glass with it and then dump it out. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, a Sazerac is nothing but whiskey, uh, an absinthe rinse and Peychaud's bitters, which I actually have at the bar at home, which I am now Jones in for since all I've gotten is stolen Jack Daniels. Man, I'm just a terrible liar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's a good thing. It's okay. Uh, I, I long for more whiskey. But yeah, Sazerac's are great. Cheers. Cheers to that. To fancy cocktails. Cocktails and dreams. Oh, man. So, do you plan on doing more Exoticas from here on out? Do you think that you're going to be a regular at the conventions from now on? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, since I got my Exotica taste this weekend, uh, I'm definitely going to come out to more of them. You got your Exotica cherry popped? Yeah. You know, it was glorious. Nice. So, where are you from? I'm from Orange County, California. Uh, yeah. Born and raised. I uh, just recently moved to downtown L.A. Cool. Definitely a, a difference, but um, it's cool. Yeah, everybody on the podcast isn't from here. so And we always like to find out where everyone's from because we, we kind of like, everyone we tend to get along with isn't from here originally, but you're really cool. And it was we've, we've gotten along really well since we all met at the Society 15 party. Yeah, no doubt. And Draven loves you and thinks you're fancy. And we had a good time the other night hanging out in the hotel room, trying to get rid of jet lag, staying up until like five in the morning because we were still on West Coast time. Oh, yeah. I didn't go to bed till like eight in the morning, East Coast time. Yeah. Which yeah. I guess is like, what, like eight or five? I mean, that's like normal for us. We yeah. normally don't go to bed until like five in the morning anyway. We're all night booze hounds. It's, it's bad, but it's fun. And it's life. It's, it's who we are. So you stayed with us. You champed it out. 
you are one of us. Yeah, no, I was really glad that you guys had the same thing going on, you know? So what's life like in Orange County? Um, is, it, is it all ska all day? <laughs> um, it's, it's cool. Um, I, you know, I'm very blessed where I grew up and everything. Um, it's a very white area, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, more of a newer area where I grew up. Like, um, like KKK white or like? No, well, like, <laughs> we have the, this canyon that um, is like notorious for like KKK meetings. What? Supposedly, I never witnessed anything, but apparently um, uh, Charles Manson had a few meetings down there. And it's like this abandoned place. I checked it out this one morning. Um, I'm a late night owl myself, so um, I was coming home. I didn't want to go home yet, and I had these tacos from Del Taco. I wanted to watch the sunrise and eat these tacos, so I ventured off in my little pink car at the time. And I wandered into uh, the canyon where they say, you know, has the KKK meetings. Um, it's called Black Star Canyon. Uh-oh. And it's all private property. Um, it says that you're being recorded. And it was cool because I'm like, oh, this is like totally my fantasy, you know. And uh, I just, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm so, like five minutes away from my house, you know. I don't know. Someone was going to find me or something if something happened. And that was your fantasy? You were like, man, I hope there's just like some straggler out here in this canyon who's just like itching to bone. Yeah, or like some <laughs> like, you know, extraterrestrial shit, you know, because I guess women get raped from aliens all Roswell the time. style. And I always wondered how pleasurable it would be. So... I don't know. There's both rumors of like ET type of stuff and uh, like weird KKK stuff. So, so the KKK and ET had a baby, and it was Charles Manson. Exactly. I get it now. Now yep. it all makes sense. Well, this is a place that we're gonna have to visit. This could be a whole new 288 episode. I say we just go to this canyon and get rip shit, light a cross on fire, and chug bourbon. I'm super down. Damn. Podcast the whole thing, you know. Podcast goals. <laughs> That's what's up. Hashtag. So are you getting anything out of, uh, out of this convention that, uh, you know, do you feel like self-promoting is getting you somewhere? Do you think that, you know, you're going to pick up some more steam out of doing this? It's always something I'm interested to hear. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I definitely met a lot of the uh, people that I've been dying to meet. Um, I had a lot of fans that I haven't met. I had no idea, you know, a lot of my fans would be out at this convention for me. So it made me feel really good, you know? Yeah, you um, have a sick following. Oh, if well, thank you. If anybody follows Mandy Muse on Twitter, she's got a sick following. Thank you. I really she's appreciate that. She's up there. That. It's been about three years now, so, you know, it's had its place in time. Three years in the game. Yeah. And you would think, you would think... I mean, you've got a hell of a following, so do you think that they're just butt worshippers? Uh, I, I would imagine all of them must be, you know? Unless, you know, some people really appreciate, like, the hardcore that I do, or I don't know. <laughs> but I was going to say, you're, you're like, butt-based, right? Like, that's your specialty. That's your go-to. Yeah, yeah. The back nine. Yeah. My booty is bigger than ever right now, so... It... I'm sure it'll work its way onto the 288 social media accounts at some point. We've got to. I mean, it's, it's one of those things you can't really pass up. <laughs> uh, so what else you got going on in L.A.? I mean, um, 
we always, you know, we're trying to break away from Exotica. It's been a rough weekend. Exotica is hard for anybody who doesn't know about convention life. Like it is not the easiest thing in the world to do. You've got to essentially stand and deliver for hours on end and you get gawked at, have people taking pictures of you all day. Um, I feel like you always have to be like a half a second away from a pose because photographers just do drive-bys on girls all day long and just walk by and flashes going off. Next thing you know, you're on the cover of some Twitter and it's it gets kind of wild and kind of hectic. So Sunday night, like we usually like to like go out to dinner or in this case, come back to the hotel room quietly and have a couple of cocktails and pretend that we are not here. And uh, yeah, think think about what we get to do when we go home. So what are you going to do when you go home? Uh, when I go home, well, uh, before I left the convention today, I got myself a Hitachi uh, magic wand. Um, I had one before, you know. Um, it's my favorite thing ever. Did you get like convention discount on it? It was only 50 bucks, so um, I definitely feel like that was a really good deal. Uh, normally, I think they're like 100 or 80 bucks. Damn. Yeah, so it was really cool. Um, is, it, is there like a shelf life on Hitachis? Do they only like last for so long before they explode or burn out or whatever? I really want to say they have a lifetime warranty. I don't know. I, I don't know because I think that's what it said in my box the first time I had one. I just never, you know, did the thing. Where are you, Slayer, with your Google laptop ready to investigate some shit for us? <laughs> what is the life expectancy of a Hitachi if you burn that shit up? I know plenty of girls who do. I know girls that can't go to sleep without a Hitachi. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes uh, when I first got my Hitachi uh, a few years ago, the first one and the only one I had before this one, um, I... I realized that I had a, a pretty bad like thing for the Satachi, a good bad thing, you know, because I stayed up all night and I cu I had, you know, orgasms up to like 46 times or something. Damn, you counted that high. Yeah. And Who I does that while there's well, like coming perpetually, but like keeping count. Well, because, you know, I would come and then, you know, I would do it again. And then I was like, oh, my God, you know, and then. Like, I just kept doing it, and then it was, like, 6 in the morning, and I was like, wow, this is, like, an addiction. So I, I looked it up, actually, on Google, because I was kind of worried, and um, I found this blog of this girl that does reviews for sex toys, and she said that she never found one comparable to the magic wand Hitachi, and long story short, it was kind of messing up her sex life, and... Basically, she had to get rid of it so she could have a normal sex life again. I mean, I've heard, I've heard from countless people that if you are not careful, that thing can ruin you, as in, like, desensitize you, make it so it's the only way that you can, like, get off. And there are a ton of impersonator Hitachis out there. I, I'm, I'm trying to reach out to the Hitachi people. I think that we could probably get some, uh, some marketing money out of you at this point for that. So um, you're welcome, Hitachi. Uh, I will take the check. Appreciate it. Make it out to uh, 288 Podcast. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> send some free Hitachis if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, send some, send some backup Hitachis, man. Like all of our, most of our guests, I won't say all of our guests because we do have male guests sometimes. You know, I, I know a lot of males do like the Hitachi too. I mean, for what? Like this, this is under their me. balls, like on their balls, uh, maybe on their, uh, you know, asshole. Uh, too sensitive. Okay, maybe, maybe we could put a Hitachi on Slayer's butthole one day. Ooh. I think that that could be fun. Um, 
Rarely, but we, we do talk that boy into some shady shit from time to time. Ooh, I like Slayer. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, he will digress. He will try and arm wrestle you on it, but facts are facts. When he gets like a hot girl, half naked, uh, that boy, you know what? He's probably going to cut all of this out anyway because he's being a chump about it, but it's cool. Come on, Slayer. Let us put a Hitachi on your butthole. It'll yeah. be fun. We'll make sure that it's hot girls. <laughs> Mandy will totally do it, and she'll let me she'll I'll let you look it. she'll let you look at her butt. Yeah, just look at it. That's all. Maybe nothing more. It. Maybe maybe touch it, but nothing more. <laughs> you haven't met Slayer it. yet. No, I haven't. Is he a fan of the band Slayer? He is. That is, in fact, how he got his name. Uh, that boy is all about the metal. That is for sure. Um, I mean, he's always wearing some ridiculous metal band t-shirt that you can't read. Uh, <clears throat> we have metal fans on the 288 podcast. Shout out to everybody who loves metal. Woo-hoo. We've had metal musicians on the podcast. That boy is all about the metal. Uh, I have metal band t-shirts of bands that I haven't heard because of Slayer, which is cool by me because they're pretty badass looking, especially when you cut the sleeves off, like 90% of my shirts. <laughs> but what kind of music are you into? What do you get down with? Um, you know, I really like, um, you know, Drum and bass um, and Jamaican style music, um, nice. like dance hall. Um, you know, just like I guess um, music from the UK, more like London. You know, um, like elect- all, but like strictly electronic. Yeah, uh, it's like I don't know. I I feel like anyone that listens to like drum and bass uh, kind of like shrugs when they say uh, it's electronic music because it is. You know, but it's. It's not at the same time, you know. I don't know. I almost thought the drum and bass got phased out by uh, dubstep, or like it, it evolved into dubstep, or was dubstep like always a thing, and it just became popular like what, like eight or nine years ago. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Dubstep is like um, also one of my other favorites, but um, I tend to not say it nowadays because I feel like people get the wrong impression when I say I like dubstep. Right. They think of like, you know, mainstream dubstep on the radio nowadays. Right. American way. And uh, so I, you know, I try and stay away from saying it, but I do. I really love dubstep. That's cool. <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, I am of the belief that good tunes is good tunes. Yeah. There's, I'll listen to anything as long as it's like well thought out music. Most thing I have a problem with nowadays is like where hip hop's gone. Because hip hop used to be like such a beautiful thing and like a really cool artistic way of yeah. uh, presenting things in rhythm and rhyme. And now it's like Snoop Dogg said it best. Like everybody raps the same way now. They're like, it's all. I think that was a little too, too rhythmatic for today's rap. I think you gave it too much. Yeah, you but were, I mean, every, every, everybody's doing that. <laughs> even even rappers that were doing like normal hip hop, and then this crap got got popular, and now they come out with. You know, with like the the short little vocals in there, um, you think like at least the the um, it's too the easy. like sounds with it would be good. You know, the sounds behind it would at least be like advanced, but. They're not. I mean, that's all that they really have to count on now is like the beat because yeah. any anybody with a fifth grade reading level education can write raps like that because there's no more like, 
long stanzas and like paragraphical kind of thing. It's all like a line at a time and it's so easy to feed and you could, anybody could stand up there and like freestyle, um, not anybody, but a lot of people could stand up there and freestyle in that format and never screw up because there's so much space and it's very one line at a time. And I just don't like where hip hop's gone. Like ever since hip hop, ever since Nas put out hip hop is dead is pretty much right. And then Death of Autotune, that's pretty much also right. Uh, yeah, hip-hop just hasn't been fun for me for, like, at least the past, like, five years. Yeah. But, so do you do anything with music? Like, I know you're really, really into music, and I know you're really into, like, the rave scene. So, like, do you throw parties? Like, what? Um, yeah, um, I will um, throw underground raves um, with a few other people. Um, I bartend for them. Uh, strictly underground raves. Bartender uh, party. Yeah. No parties that you can come to. She said strictly underground, so you're not invited. <laughs> you have to know the address. Yeah. You all get the RSVP. All you can do is imagine. <laughs> so tell me more about the parties. Like, how do they go down? Um, well, um, they're secret locations. So, um, you know, we'll have uh, jungle parties, which is drum and bass. Um, jungle, like originated in like the late 80s early 90s um and uh it turned into drum and bass um and so that still has like a strong following and um type of crowd and i think it's the best type of crowd um not just saying that because i'm part of it in the rave scene though um because it's the older crowd more mature crowd um you know they don't have to be on drugs at the raves to have a good time um, it's like a very respectful thing. Um, so we'll have some artists, um, come out, um, probably from like the UK or, you know, other places. Really? Yeah. They so fly out for it? Yeah. Then, yeah. Like you charge at the door, you sell tickets. I mean, uh, uh, it, both. We'll, both. um, yeah, we'll fly them out and then we will, uh, sell tickets online, pre-sales and then, um, we will sell tickets at the door. So, um. We're having one coming up on December 10th. We can't release the artist until they pass through customs. So it's like, you know, super undergroundish. Um, Damn. Yeah. This is getting juicy. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah. Um, Damn. So, like, it's got to be profitable then. So you guys have to be making money off these. I mean, what kind of turnouts do you get when you do this? Um, You know, uh, it could be anywhere from, like, 100 to... Uh, the drum and bassing is just now getting really big again. Again. Yeah, it, I, you know, it was big for what it was like ten years ago. But. Exactly. I was gonna say it was it was huge when I would say like the early thousands. You know, like up up that. through up through like oh six and oh seven. Like I, I went to Starscape one time. I did. Oh, okay. Oh. And I did not take the blue pill. Oh, I refused. Okay. Um, but it, it was wild. Like I was very impressed by the turnout. So, I mean, like, uh, how much, how much notice do you give out on these kind of parties? I mean, it sounds like you book the people pretty far in advance. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we'll do, um, like marketing through Facebook, um, Instagram. I'll sometimes throw it on my Mandy Muse Instagram. Um, uh -oh. so, you know, it'll help a little bit, um. It's kind of cool because I guess like people recognize me when I'll throw it up or something or I'll get like people to go 
because I'm there. Uh, the last couple events were like that. It, it was really cool, you know, like I had uh, a couple of people come up to me and, and be like, damn, I seen your butt do stuff and it was fantastic. <laughs> They're like, are you Mandy Means? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, bitch. Give me your money and stare at the glory. Yeah. You know, but it's kind of weird because, um, you know, Mandy's Mandy, but I, I try not, you know, be too Mandy-ish at these because... You know, I want to be respectful of the other people, so I don't want to be too much of that, you know? So I try not be too sexual, because I don't think they would understand. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, straight up, I was I was kind of blown away by, like, how chill you are and how easy you are to talk to, because, one, you're fine to sell. Two, you've got, like, a hell of following. You've been in the business for a minute, but I, I can't remember. I mean, we just get lucky. We always have, like, the coolest people on. Uh, everybody that we've met before and doing the podcast, everybody's been super, super cool. And you're super cool for like as Aww. popular as popular as you are. You're like such a rad broad. No, thank you so much. No, and I'm very, very lucky to have you. And uh, Slayer and Draven are missing out. Papa Johnny in the house and with the cool guest and suck <laughs> it. Well, maybe I'll have to come back so we can all be here together. Yeah, no, I mean, um, definitely when we get back to L.A., you got to meet the crew. You got to meet the rest of the crew. It's uh, it's hard to do this podcast on two legs instead of six. But, you know, we're, we're doing it and you're awesome and you're you're talking the good talk and we're having a good time. But I, I am very interested in these parties. I kind of think that this is like something I'm missing out on. I mean, I'm not... Like I keep saying, like good music is good music. So if there's good music, like I'm in, uh, but I definitely feel like I'm missing out on on some really good party times that I don't know about. So tell me more. Yeah, no, you could come out to any of them. Uh, they're in L.A., um, you know. Uh, so the day of you have to RSVP, um, okay. and then the day of the party, the address will be released. To the people that RSVP. That's the coolest. Yeah. So it's like you get less than 24 hours notice on where this joint's going to go down at? Yeah. it's uh, They've been doing that for, you know, since like raves I mean, been do happening. You, do you at least like tell people that uh, like a general area, like it's going to be in downtown LA or it's going to be in the valley LA. or it's going to be in Hollywood? You just say LA? Yeah. LA it, is you know. huge, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll come out, you know, if they want to come out, they'll come out. And, but they, you know, if it's like the same type of, people that throw the same type of parties then they have an idea you know now do you guys usually have like one dj or do you kind of like do a lineup i mean do you do you lay it on me um well we usually have like a lineup um but we did have um someone's birthday party uh he's been in the business for i think over 10 years or something like that Damn. um he goes by six block um so he had his birthday party, so he threw a six-hour set. So he was the only one, but that was, you know, one case. But normally we have a few people on the lineup. Is there like a is like daytime rave parties a thing? It's all it's always at night, and it's always like going into the wee hours of the morning, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's like some uh, daytime parties. Uh, you know, actually, I was I was um, on Facebook and I saw this little video from something i liked i don't know what it was it was like a group or something and it was these new parties i don't know where it was i want to say maybe new york but 
basically it's a rave that they have in the morning instead of going to work out or doing yoga um you wear your workout clothes before you go to work you go to this rave and they use dancing as an exercise in the morning and you know there's coffee and uh, like bagels and oatmeal and stuff and weirdest rave ever yeah so it's like you know you totally exercise have a little party and then go to work it's like it's like raves for the people that were there in the early thousands that are now like white collar adults and it's like yeah bro show up in your fucking yoga pants and let's kick (laughs) this shit up yeah exactly there's infinitely less drugs involved (laughs) <laughs> you know, I really imagine if there would be any drugs, because I feel like when, you know, the Ray people are like down for the no drugs thing, like, maybe, maybe like here and there, I don't know. I feel like that's like a big <laughs> misconception about raves. I think that there's just as many like, like frown upon drugs raves as there are please bring drugs raves. Because all the raves that I went to, I mean, I could just look around and everybody was like out of their skull. I never got down with that particular kind of stuff, not to incriminate myself, but on my 18th birthday, I had, I, I did some ecstasy and then I think I did it like one time after that. And uh, nobody can hold it against me at this point in life, but it was just something that was never for me. But I, I had a couple of buddies that were DJs back in the day and, you know, they would always be trying to get me to come to whatever party was happening and uh all the ones that i ended up going to seemed to just be like rampant with that kind of stuff i mean even when i went to starscape starscape is a huge huge rave that shit was ridiculous and easily like 90 percent of the people there were on something but i i think i'd like it more if it was a and if you think I'm old or some kind of bitch or whatever because of it. Like, what the fuck ever, dude? I just like drinking whiskey and occasionally smoking a little bit of reefer. I mean, yeah. this is fucking California. But I'm not trying to, like, trip my face off and, like, overheat while I'm dancing. If I go out dancing, I want to, like... Like, I'm, I actually... I got pretty solid moves for a white boy. So it's, like, oh, it's, not, it's not too bad. And I... I that like ruins the party for me. And then like, if I'm not on that kind of level of party and everybody else is, then I feel weird and a little bit like an outsider. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I never got like too deep into the scene. Um, but I would be more interested to hear about raves that are a little more, uh, I guess it would be less drug friendly. Yeah. Where the idea is not to be rolling or tripping your face off while you're getting down with the boogie. You know, uh, there's this weekly event that um, I go to. Um, it's drum and bass. It's every Thursday. It's been like running for, I think, like 10 years or something. It's like the longest running, running drum and bass event in L.A. or something. Really? Or maybe like the U.S. I don't know. But um, basically, uh, it's every Thursday. Um, Swain went over, um, they have great lineups like every week, you know, um, but everyone's just drinking, um, even if that, you know, uh, everyone's just there for a good time. It's like really awesome. It's a, it's a really good aged crowd. It's not like young kids, you know, um, everyone's there for the music really, you know, only for the music and to have a good time with other people that enjoy the same type of music as them. It's really cool. It's in a great spot. Um, they're now doing it at another spot. It used to be at the Dragonfly Bar in L.A. Um, now it's over um, at this new place. Uh, I can't remember the name. 
Anyways, it's at a new place called Respect. I'm um, drum and bass every Thursday. It's really cool. Maybe you should come with me sometime. Uh-oh. I think all listeners just got invited to a party with Mandy Muse yeah. in L.A. What's the, what's the place called again? Respect Thursdays. Respect Thursdays. Is that the name of the bar or the name of the party? Uh, the name of the party is Respect. Oh. Yeah. Is, are they like backspinning some Aretha Franklin up in that bitch? Oh, hell yeah. That's what's up. So, like, is it still as much about, like, the DJ and, like, fresh mixes as it, as it like, always was? Because that was always the cool part was you get some really artistic DJs. I mean, I'm probably talking about, like, ancient people at this point, but, like, scratch perverts were always really, really cool. Um, yeah, no, we definitely get, I'm like, some... I'm not the most versed person on DJs. I know very few, okay. but... <laughs> Being there, <laughs> Loki. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, we still get, like, super cool people um, that, like, are, like, you know, old-school cats nowadays. Um, they're just awesome. So, yeah. And most of them are still, like, UK-based. Like, all, all the good stuff comes from UK. I mean... Yeah. Are Scratch Perverts from UK? Do you know Scratch Perverts? I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're pretty intense. Actually, I think they're one of the few DJ sets that it's more fun to watch, like, them live or a video of them than to actually hear their stuff. Like, their stuff's obviously great. Like, if you pop in a CD, it's really cool. But if you watch, like, their method, because they, they almost make it like a circus sideshow, the way that they, like, flip oh, okay. records around and switch between records. And it'll be, like, two guys rocking, like, eight turntables. And the wow. way that they, like, keep it moving and keep stuff going is, like, beyond impressive. Wow, that's cool. Um, but the name, let alone, is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I may have a Relic CD somewhere that is probably not available for download anywhere because this was pre-digital download. But uh, it sounds really good, but I didn't really get it until, I, until someone, like, showed me a video of them. And I was like, yo, that's a reason for me to go to a party. Like, if there's some shit like that popping off with people like throwing records at each other from like 20 yards away and then just what? like hitting it like dead on with the timing and with the beat and with all of that. Like, that's some impressive shit. That's some artistic, that's some musician. Um, because most of the DJs that I know, it's like most DJs nowadays can be replaced by an iPod. And it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's a bummer. Um, or D like Paris Hilton. <laughs> hey. I mean, there's a lot like that, though. Like, all you really have to do nowadays, like, you can pre-mix a playlist, put it on your computer, you can have a dozen of them, and boom, you're a DJ. Like, you show up, you plug in, you hit play, it's already, you already mixed it, you already put everything together, you don't have to do anything anymore. Uh, technology yeah. is just gone. I mean, shit. <laughs> I, I, I hired and trained a DJ for my own wedding, for me and the Doom Dolls wedding. We hired wow. a buddy, and I was like, all right, check it out, homie. Here's <laughs> two iPods and an iPhone. And all the playlists, they're already on all three of them. Just stay within the playlist. Here's a mixing board. Here's how you fade a track. Boom, you're a DJ. Oh, nice. So all he had to do was mix. He didn't even really have to do that. <laughs> all he had to do, it's one button is the level on this one, and here's the other button that's the level on this one. When one song is to the end, just go... And when the next song comes up, cue it up and just switch it again. How and was that you, performance, though? Dude, it was fine. <laughs> Seriously, no, it was fine. I'm, I have my own PA system. I had everything else put together for him. I sent somebody to help him set shit up so that he couldn't screw anything up or blow anything up. And he did fine. And I, I turned out a DJ. I'm like, yo, homie, you got a career in this. <laughs> all, all you got to do is put together some dope playlists and keep them for a party and then throw a party and make money. 
Let's throw it on SoundCloud and then you're good. SoundCloud. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to be a DJ and fly around jet set like Paris Hilton and make a bunch of money, but I don't really have any fucking skill sets. <laughs> SoundCloud. So bottom line is I got to get, I got to get, step my game up on the rave scene and Mandy Muse is the answer. You know, all, all the good rave parties happening, throwing rave parties, bartending, bringing sweet booty to rave parties. I want in. I need to know about this secret society of ball and rave parties that's going on. Yeah, no, definitely come out. Yeah, that's what's up. So we've had a blast with you on the 288. Exotica, it's been fun, but we got to get the fuck out of New Jersey. No offense. So where can our listeners find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MandyMuse69. Both very, very awesome accounts. And, uh, yeah, so stay tuned. There will be, uh, this is obviously going to come up a couple weeks after Exotica is over and after the election. So hopefully everyone gets out. And votes no on Prop 60 so that we all still have jobs on Wednesday. That would be great. Please. Yeah. <laughs> I would really like to have a job when I get back to L.A. Uh, Draven would really like to have a job when she gets back to L.A. Um, yeah, we're all nervous about it. But fingers crossed that the people do the right thing and that uh, California goes our way. Uh, but until next time, it's been Real Exotica. Next, I believe the, uh, we may be doing Adult Con on the 288. I think there's an Adult Con coming up. Other than that, you will definitely have uh, an episode to look forward to. The next convention would be the AVN convention. Uh, make sure you send Draven birthday cards and wishes and kisses because it always falls on her birthday. AVN is always on her birthday every year, and it's kind of a bummer, but the AVN is the uh, end-all, be-all of porn conventions and award shows so have you been to an avm before uh yes i went to the last two years oh shit yeah so third year coming up that's what's up it's so much easier to get to vegas than all the other convention spots in the country straight up but look forward to that and definitely check mandy muse out online check her stuff out go find her smut and as always, go find Draven Smut. You can find her on Twitter at the Doom Doll and on Instagram. Uh, you can always find the 288 at 288 Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, you can go to 288.com and read up on us. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, download, subscribe, follow us, you motherfuckers. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> and until next time. In the words of the host with the tits, stay filthy, y'all.